Finding a job has never been easy. When it was going good, it was tough. When it's not going good, it's still tough. You know, the one thing that has not really impacted in India owing to COVID is the availability of talent for a single job application. Picture this, for one job that a company puts out there, on an average, there are 250 to 300 applications that they receive. And if you happen to be a large organization, like a tier one big MNC, then typically the number of applications go up to 1,200 for one job application. That is a lot of resumes. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, how does a recruiter even go through 1,200 resumes? Is it even physically possible? So what if you are the most eligible candidate and your resume somewhere is stacked at number 1,199? The odds of a recruiter finding the right candidate within the first 10 are exceedingly high. So given the situation, what is it that you can do as a job seeker to ensure that if you do get that call, you don't bungle it up? Hello and welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about your work-life balance or the lack thereof, where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary, the life around work and sundry. It's for those who need support in strife, stuck in the traffic of work life, hoping to find a method to the madness, joy in sadness, clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion. Welcome to Bus Talk. And so I thought about switching gears a little bit. You've heard a lot about the recruiters and how some of them are effective and some of them are not so effective. So let's talk a little bit about the candidates, how some of the job seekers turn out in interviews or conversations. I'll take you through a couple of instances on the classic mistakes that some of the job seekers do while either talking to a hiring manager or with a recruiter and therefore making it more difficult for themselves than what it already is. Now, let me give you a classic interaction between a job seeker and a recruiter. Let's take a fictitious company and a fictitious name. Let's say we call the company Chaman Infotech, all right? With all due respect, if there exists a real Chaman Infotech, but in this case, this is just for an example. Chaman Infotech is the company and this candidate has applied for a role in that company, okay? So the recruiter is trying to reach out. So picture this conversation, right? So the recruiter calls, and the candidate does not pick up the phone the first time. Then what happens? He calls back again. This time the job seeker picks up the phone. Hello? Hi, this is the recruiter calling from Chaman Infotech. I just wanted to have a quick word with you for the application that you have done for the order management role. Order management? What, what is that? The recruiter says, well, you applied for a role in our company, Chaman Infotech, and there was a role for order management. Did you not apply? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember now. Yes, yes. Go on, tell me. The recruiter is already a little confused and says, did you happen to go through the job description? Can you help me understand what you understood from the job description? The candidate says, uh, I, I don't remember. 
you know, we've been applying to so many companies and so you're generally applying to every company and then see which one sticks. Is that it? Yeah. What else do you do? We have to apply for, I mean, last week itself, I applied for 25 companies. But you applied to 25 companies without seeing the job description. Yeah, we don't remember. I mean, if you if there is no fit, there is no fit, right? What else do you do? So the recruiter is kind of confused and he says, Okay, let me call you back once you have read the job description. Ah, okay, okay. Call me back. And there ends the conversation. Now, after say an hour or two hours or three hours, this recruiter calls back. The conversation goes something like this. So did you get a chance to go through the job description? Yeah, I did. So please tell me a little more about it. Well, it's about order management and yeah, I've done that. And so I think I'll be a good fit. Can you be a bit more specific? Order management is something that I've done for last five years. And in my previous role, I have done this across multiple times. And so I'm very confident. Now, I appreciate you are very confident, but can you give me some examples on why you were good at the job? Uh, well, yeah, there are three things that I can tell you. One is I was hardworking. I was very honest and I also worked extra hours. No, 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 that's not what I want. I want if you could give me real life examples. See, order management is the process of procuring orders, you know, customer places a quotation, uh, sorry, the vendor places a quotation, the customer uh, agrees and they place the order and we process the order. That is the order management process. The recruiter says, no, I understand the definition of order management. And by the way, that was not the complete definition, but I get what you're trying to say. What I need to know is from your experience, can you give me two or three instances of how you handled the entire order management process? It could be five steps, seven steps. What did you do? Can you give me two or three examples? And the candidate again goes around and round and round instead of coming to the point. And so by the end of about five or seven minutes into the conversation, the recruiter has already made up their mind that this person is not a good fit and there ends the conversation. Sounds familiar? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if you've gone through a similar situation. Of course, there'll be varying degrees, plus or minus. I think the essence largely remains the same, be it a sales profile or a pre-sales or a operations or whatever, the general nature of the conversation often remains the same. And so there is frustration on part of the recruiter that they have to deal with a deluge of resumes that come by way, 250, 300 resumes, but finding the right candidate within those 300 is a nightmare. On the other hand, the candidate goes back thinking, well, he asked me about the order management process, I told him what I knew and I told him what I did not know. Where is the problem? Why don't I get through the job? So it's for such instances, I'd like to suggest a couple of tips and tricks from a job seeker's point of view first and then help you understand the recruiter's point of view as well. As a job seeker, please make sure, for heaven's sake, go through every single job description in detail make a system of application. 
which means if, for example, you have applied to five roles and there's no harm in applying to five or 10 roles, the point is you should remember which roles are you applying and whether you are a good fit or not. How do you assess a good fit? So always put yourself against a SWOT policy, right? So if order management, if you take the previous example, if order management is the role that you're applying for, what are the strengths that you bring to the table? What are the opportunities? What are the threats and what are the weaknesses? And then score yourself like on a scale of one to five, five being, you know, the process exceedingly well and one being you don't. So be honest about it, right? Don't overestimate yourself and then also don't underestimate yourself. How do you do that? You will need to define. So when you are saying this particular factor of a job description is my strength, that means that you are able to articulate at least two relevant real life examples per strength. So for example, if you say my communication skills or my business communication skills are very strong, which is why I've rated them as five. So the counter question could be great. So can you give me a couple of examples? Then you should be able to articulate two examples where owing to your strong business language communication skill, you brought about a tangible benefit to the process, to the company, to the department, or to yourself, it has to be specific. So for example, you reduced the turnaround time, which was earlier two hours to one hour. And why did that happen? You were extremely organized. You sorted the Excel sheet in such a way that like items were clubbed together so that you could get to them faster. And therefore you saved five, 10 minutes there. Your business communication skills were so strong that you had made us you know, multiple templates so that you could respond to the customer faster. So there are typically one, two, three common repetitive scenarios that happen. You made custom templates for these and just so that instead of constructing the whole email every single time, you cut pasted the template and changed the specifics basis the customer. And three, you had a spell check, a grammar check, and you know, the detailed double check run so that you're not sending the wrong email to the customer. All these processes were put in place and therefore it helped reduce the customer turnaround time from which was two hours before I joined. But over a period of six months, I brought it down to one hour. And that is a process efficiency that you brought to the, to the business. So likewise, you could give similar one or two more such examples for any of your skill sets that you bring to the table. And therefore, you can rate yourself as five. Let's talk about the other end of the spectrum where you are not so strong. So typically there could be 10 things in a job description. You are strong in say six of them or seven of them. You are average on two or three and maybe one or two, you're not so confident about them. So one way of answering that is, and this is a classic mistake that some of you guys do, is that you say, well, I don't know. And I have no idea or it's not in my current job description or I have not done that in the past. What that does is it's a close ended roadblock. You just hit the conversation against a wall. Now it does not give any thread for the recruiter, for the hiring manager to pull you forward. Remember, they're also looking for some insights that will say, okay, at least this person knows 
this bit. He might not know the entire thing, but at least he knows this bit. Maybe he's trainable, maybe he's coachable, that'll work. So always present your situation in this manner. You can say, look, while I understand the order management process, I have limited understanding of the challenges that come by way of when the quotations are incorrect. That said, because I have done this for over a period of time, I will take up the necessary skill sets, the training, the coaching, the self-learning to understand the how to generate quotations a little better and seek some of some guidance from your leadership, from your training and enablement people to bridge the gap. But I'm positive that I will be able to overcome these or these gap in skill sets. And so it makes for a more pleasant conversation then. Okay, the guy is at least saying that he wants to try to bridge the gap. Instead of saying, no, I don't know, I haven't done it and I can't do it. And these are close-ended. Trick here is to have a leading open-ended to present your data, your strengths in a very crisp, concise manner. The other classic mistake people do is on basic introductions. Sometimes they are very apologetic as in from a tonality standpoint. What is your name? Oh, my name is... And the tonality goes down. And you're like, excuse me? Hello? What did you say? And on the other hand, some guys are exceedingly aggressive. Yes, tell me. So sometimes you've got to realize that there is a fellow professional on the other end of the line who's dealing with so many similar job seekers like you. How are you being different? And not just for the sake of being different, for the sake of having professional courtesy, at least greet the person. Hello, hi, good good morning, good evening. How's it going? Thank you for your call. I appreciate you reaching out. These are common courtesies. Why do you forget that? Why do you not use it? It helps break the ice. A simple question that I always ask, hey, how's it going? How, how What's working out? It could well be that the recruiter says, yeah, it's going well. Have a, They're already tired and fatigued, so they don't want to engage in a longer conversation. But at least from your side, you can at least open up and ease off. Remember, job interviews are an exploration. These are discussions. Don't take it like an exam that, oh my God, what if I fail? The point is, they're trying to explore that the person they're trying to hire is that person close enough to the one who exists on on the floor as a as on date are you close enough to someone who's already there in the company or are you very far away if you're very far away from the skill set that is already available that means they need to know that they have to train coach this person and is it worth spending that kind of bandwidth behind this person that is the assessment that is going on on your part you also have to evaluate well yes i need a job but i also need a good work culture I also need to understand that if I do get the job, then I, I will be able to succeed. So it's a good exchange of information. Don't look at, look at it as an examination. So greet people, have a warm conversation, feel happy that somebody's given you a call. And I mean, it's absolute privilege. The reason being, there could be 1199 other people who might not get the role if you got one. So you're automatically so much better than so many other people, right? So that's reason enough to be called. Even if you're shortlisted, you know, out of 1,200 people, all 1,200 won't get shortlisted. Only a handful, say 20 or 30 would get shortlisted. And within that, if you make it to the second round, come down to about 10 people. 
So it's a progressively you are getting into the, if I may use the term elitist zone, where you are one of the few people who has a potential shot at the job. That's a good thing. And so come across like that, right? Oftentimes I see this background noise happening. The There is, you know, the guy's speaking into the microphone and we can hear the breath. Like it, it sounds like this. <laughs> and I'm like, stay away from the microphone so that you speak clearly, speak politely. And, and these are, this doesn't need anything, right? It doesn't cost you money. It doesn't cost anything. It just requires you to be cognizant and respectful of the person's time and be very responsive. The last point I'd like to make is about, you know, the responses or the lack of responses where I've heard many people complain that the recruiters don't make it any easy. The recruiters never respond to us. They never talk to us. Once when they are interviewing us, then they keep calling. But once it gets in, goes into some kind of process, they just go quiet. So the least they could do is let us know what stage is it so that we don't have to continuously follow up. And so it gets very frustrating. Agreed. But here is the other side of the story. Here is the recruiter's side of the story. Now, like I said, on a, any given month, typically, the average recruiter handles anywhere between 10 to 15 requisitions from the business per month. The average size company, right? Small companies will have lesser requisitions per recruiter. But on a general mid-level company or slightly bigger company has about, say, 10 requisitions a month per person, all right? So now 10 requisitions in one requisition attracts about 300 applicants. So 10 into 300, that is 3000 resumes that come into the queue in their CRM or whatever mail system that they have. Now 3000 screenings mean that they would have to at least find time to go through all 3000 or at least warrants one phone call, that's 3000 phone calls. If that's not possible, they will skim through. So on an average, they might not find more than five or seven seconds per resume to skip through and see whether they can see the keywords in the resume for them to shortlist it for a deeper screening. So if you hold that thought, 10 requisitions into 300 applicants, 3000 phone calls or 3000 screenings, divide that by 22 work days given in a month. Assuming it's a five-day week, 22 work days, that is roughly 136 resumes per day. 3000 divided by 22 is around 136 resumes per day. Divide that further by eight work hours, assuming one hour is for break, lunch, tea, coffee, whatever. That works out to 17 resumes per hour. Even if they connect 50%, assume they don't get through to all 17 resumes that is about eight and a half resumes per hour each conversation in that say lasts about five to seven minutes so if it's an average seven minutes then that's about 59.5 minutes of talk time so each day a recruiter lands up speaking or has a talk time of 476 minutes which is 7.9 hours of continuous conversations. Now you think about it. Is that even possible? Now multiply that and it doesn't end there, right? So you multiply that with the number of years they have been at it. Five years, 10 years, what have you. They've been just doing the same thing over and over again. And so it makes them very, very busy. 
if not very very irritated if you will when they hear obnoxious conversations or they're not able to reach a candidate they don't have the time because the business puts a lot of pressure to have a quick turnaround time on finding sourcing candidates filtering them getting them prepped up for the interview with the hiring manager and what if the guy is a no show what if the offer doesn't work out do they have backups and so there is a ton of pressure on them so now you do the math and then you will realize that they go through a lot of work volume and if they don't revert to you you've got to perhaps take the higher ground and be a bit more patient yes you can always drop the occasional email as a quick follow up so that it gently brings your query to the top of their inbox but don't spam them don't incessantly call them with feedback tell me what's up what's up what's up and so on and so forth there is an element of professionalism at either end yes the recruiter somehow if the work is better organized they will circle back to you for the next steps and if there are no next steps you will get a regret mail alternatively from your side once they have said that yes we have taken cognizance of your request if you have a next step we will take it further and you will be informed clearly if they like you if the profile is shortlisted it's not that they're going to forget you right they want to hire you and so there will be a lot of background activity that would have been going on and you have to always be mindful of that if your resume is moving forward then automatically you will keep hearing from them because it's in their interest to close out the requisitions as quickly as possible so the next time a recruiter calls you don't make these basic mistakes while giving an interview and make your life even more difficult than what it already is by way of you know the scarcity of jobs and the overabundance of available resources make yourself hireable and to make yourself hireable if i were to summarize be professional be on time revert to the phone call in case you've missed don't wait for them to call you back do the due diligence on reading through the job description to the last detail there would be a lot of intelligence that will come out of it you could build on that build on open ended answers always don't end if you don't know something don't have it a close ended no i don't know kind of an answer rather present it in a way where you make give yourself a better chance to be selected to be hired to the next round or back the job and finally be aware that if your resume is moving forward then obviously somebody or the other will get in touch and if you are not hearing back yes you do get in touch but then don't spam so keep these basic 5 6 points in mind for your next interview rounds and if there are any further questions comments or doubts or suggestions reach out to me on my twitter handle or my email or leave a message below in the voice link there's a link down below if you see leave a voice message of your interviewing experience and if you need any help or guidance i'm more than happy to share whatever i know and like i always say whatever works right if something's been working for you great but it's for those people who are trying very hard but somehow are not able to crack an interview if you try and fine tune some of these tips and tricks in your next conversation you might better your chances Well, that's all for now. 
I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook or Twitter and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle hashtag #gyanban spelled as g y a n b a n one word or email me on gyanban at gmail.com again spelled as g y a n b a n n be sure to tune in next week there is a fascinating episode coming up for you till we meet again stay safe be well and bring your a game to work ciao